0: Hey, everyone. Welcome to the fourth episode of Meteor Spotlight. So before we dive right in, let me just quickly introduce myself. I'm Kevin Tayong, the marketing manager here at Meteor. I've been here for almost a year, and you know I'm really enjoying working here with you know, these talented developers. It's just really crazy how time just flies by. So now that's out of the way, uh, this time we are joined by James, co-founder of Avion, So we have a few series of questions for James that we'll be going to walk through. James, thank you so much for joining us today. It's great to hear from you.
1: Great to be here, guys.
0: So we're also joined by Meteor's newest CTO, Fred. Hey, Fred, and congrats on your new role.
2: Hey, Kevin, Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, Yeah, uh, just introducing myself a little bit. Uh, I am working at Meteor since January this year. Uh, I joined as a tech lead and as Kevin mentioned, I was just promoted to CTO, so I'm very happy with this opportunity. And I know we have great challenges moving forward. And thanks to our team, our customers in the community, I know we can make Meteor even stronger. So it's a pleasure to be here.
0: For sure. So make sure you guys follow our updates as we have big plans for this year. And we're definitely excited to learn what Avion has done in the past year and also learn about their future goals. I believe the last interaction we had with Avion was in 2020 when we collaborated to create a case study. I'll definitely include the link to the case study in the show notes. So let's jump right into the question. The first one is, tell us about Avion, James, and what makes it great and who benefits most from Avion. Just give us all the details.
1: Okay, sure. Um, so Avion is a digital user story mapping tool. Um, it's j- just as a kind of <clears throat> a primer for anyone that doesn't know what story mapping is. Um, it's this exercise that you can use to come up with a product backlog. Um, and it's, it's amazingly powerful because you map out your journeys, like your, your, your core sort of user journeys in your app or your system, along one axis, and then on another axis, you map out all of the stories and features within your application. And it allows you to sort of prioritize those stories in such a way that it's quite difficult to get that sort of aspect on it from a from a flat backlog perspective. By flat backlog, I mean a typical kind of JIRA, you know, flat list of, of items. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, and this technique was kind of introduced, you know, quite a few years ago um, by a guy called Jeff Patton, who is a sort of a products expert um, kind of guy. And uh, this was something that was typically done in a physical space. You would have Post-its, you put it up on the wall, um, and it's it's one of these techniques that is kind of easy to learn and hard to master. <laughs> um, and you know if you learn how to do it really really well it's it's really powerful for actually uh, deciding what you're going to build and how you're going to build it basically um, so we built Avion to basically bring the digital version uh, to to story mapping uh, because you know anything after two thousand and fifteen or something you know you, you need a digital version to do it so um, it's perfect for product managers, product owners, just product teams in general. Uh, it, it applies not only to the engineering side of the team, but it applies to the, the product and the, um, let's say, kind of management side of the team as well. Um, and it's, you know, Avion as a tool is is effectively an, an interactive web app. And obviously, that is where Meteor comes in. Um, but you know, for for our users, it gives them an experience where it's real time, it's in the browser, it's fast and collaborative, and it kind of has that canvas-like feel, a little bit like you know tools like Figma, um, but it's it's a little bit more structured than than that. So I, th- I think that's probably you know that's probably the basic intro uh, to Avion. Obviously, there's loads of little tiny uh, subpaths I, c- I could go off, but um, hopefully that that gives you a good idea of, of, uh, of what it is and how it
0: works. Yeah, for sure, that was a great uh, explanation.
2: Yeah, and I I have to say I I love this concept. I have uh, worked uh, using story mappings before in previous companies, and I used to use a physical board and then trying to track back to, to Jira boards and it yeah. was quite challenging and uh, I think now here at Meteor we are, we are using Trello to manage our tasks and sometimes it's very hard to do this mapping so I in the, in the last few days I was trying many power-ups from Trello trying to get something similar to this and I was just navigating uh, a our system uh, a few minutes ago and uh, I'm really impressed I think it's it's really good, and I will give it a try. Maybe we can try sure. start using here at Twitter because I really, really liked. Awesome! Yeah, that, that would be great. I mean, we've
1: <clears throat> you know part of part of Avion is is the fact that we realize that story mapping is not the only tool that you're going to need. You're you're going to need story mapping, but you're also going to need some sort of a backlog delivery tool, and that's why we've we've paid special attention to integrations where you build your product backlog. In the story map, and you get all the benefits of, of doing that, which is can be quite difficult in, in in other views. But then actually, you have your work to do, and you push it over to other tools like Trello and Jira, which are better suited for delivery and you know tracking sprints and um, you know uh, coming up with burn down mm-hmm. charts and and stuff like this. That so that that's the delivery side of things. Whereas Avion focuses on the planning and sort of understanding our users and delivering stuff to our end users. That's that's the kind of framing that you have to put your, your mind into to, to, to effectively story map. So yeah, give, give it a try, Fred. And, and uh, yeah, if you've got any questions, obviously just let me know. Sure, I will
2: reach out to you. Yeah, sure.
0: Awesome, that's great to hear, guys. So I know Fred will ask a few more technical questions, but I do have one technical question myself. Can you tell us about your tech stack?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so we have a core web application that runs, uh, obviously, on on Meteor as a framework. Um, it's hosted in in AWS. Um, we've we've kind of hopped around with hosting providers over the years. Um, I think we did actually try um, Galaxy for for a, for a short period of time before it was as established as it is right now. Um, I think we hosted on DigitalOcean for a while and then. We did the typical startup thing and, you know, had like a boatload of credit for AWS. And we were like, okay, this is gonna be worth a week's worth of pain to move everything to AWS and then, you know, we're kinda kind of, kind of gonna be running for free for, for two years. Um so we did that and, and we're still we're still there. Um our main application, um, like I say, is running on Meteor as a back-end framework. Um and a front end framework to a certain extent, obviously, given the nature of Meteor, um, we manage our sort of state on on the front end with a kind of combination of of MobX, um, sort of tied up to Mini Mongo. Um, so we have a bit of a custom sort of link there that we've that we've built. Um, we did that. Uh, quite a long time ago, uh, before there were that many options out there to use React in combination with, with Meteor. So we kind of just rolled our own sort of thing. Um, and having said that, we're using React as our, as our view library. So, um, so that, that's pretty much the core application. That's how it runs JavaScript through and through. Um, obviously, we, we use MongoDB, um, and that's hosted uh, with Atlas. Um, and we've had a, a really fantastic experience uh, using Atlas. Really happy with with those guys. Um, and we also have other kind of sub applications like within uh, AWS that are less. They're less so. They're not necessarily all Meteor. In fact, I don't think we have any additional Meteor apps. They're kind of like queues and you know Lambda functions and stuff like that. So we've kind of got a wide variety. Um, but language wise, we're we're very much JavaScript. Um, Based, so uh, you know, Meteor really feels at home to us, really, and, and so does Mongo. Yeah,
2: that's that's great. Uh, I was going to ask about the integrations, and probably is where it comes uh, those skills and uh, AWS serverless that you use, right, to integrate with external tools. Yeah, that's that's exactly it. Like, we've got so many external
1: dependencies when it comes to integrations, you know, we're, we're not only calling apis externally but we're we're receiving data back you know via webhooks some of these webhooks you know we we could get from a single customer we could get like five thousand webhooks in one go <laughs> and and we obviously have to do something with that and, and kind of process it so you know we have like an sqs setup that with has lambda functions kind of either side of it and and sort of queues things up uh slowly um and and allows them to filter back into the application. Um, and then they're managed by, by the app with another queuing mechanism inside the app to kind of you know, spread the load a, a little bit. Um, and that works pretty well for us at, at the moment. Um, we're kind of always battling slightly with scaling issues there because you just never quite know what um, a customer's external instance is gonna throw at you from one day to another you know if if someone's hooked up Avion and Jira and then management decides to move every issue in Jira to another project that could be like you know bulk actions all day long and obviously our app has to has to deal with that so um it works pretty well for us at the moment um and obviously that's i guess slightly separate from from Meteor um because the only interaction there with Meteor is is when we're talking to the database and we're using you know the, the sort of Meteor wrapper around communicating with a database. Um, so Meteor's there at the core of it, but the queue yep. the Q- the handling stuff is is all kind of slightly separate,
2: really. Yeah, and that's important to emphasize because Meteor is nothing more than the Node.js application, and Meteor does not prevent you from using other technologies, other frameworks, and languages, or any kind of stack. So this is definitely, important. Definitely. To- yeah. Inside, yeah yeah and uh, you you mentioned you're using uh, MobX and uh, react in the front end uh, but my question is about the ui the css are you using any kind of framework there or have you built your layout from scratch how was that
1: yeah so we're, because we're we're a you know a startup effectively um, my co-founder and i tim built avion whilst we were Working jobs, um, so everything was built in the evenings. <laughs> um, you know, on 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 extra time, really. Um, so we just made decisions as quickly as we could, and a lot of the design decisions, you know, with with things like how 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 should this look, you know, how should we put the CSS together for, for this? We were both really familiar with with CSS and and does design and stuff, so so we felt quite comfortable just kind of designing on the fly. Um, and that's pretty much what we did back then. And still a lot of that code is is you know is still with us. Um, we used um, CSS modules back then. Um, that was like a new thing at the time. And it completely blew our minds. I mean, it was exactly what we envisaged CSS to be. You know, like no naming clashes ever, no specificity issues. You know, nothing existed like, like that at the time. So it was, you know, it was the new tech and it was incredible um over time you know styled components came out along with a load of other sort of smattering of of css um you know libraries that that allow you to write in javascript and 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 have css output ultimately and we kind of slowly have migrated to to styled components actually i I think we literally have four or five uh scss files left in the code base so actually that will be a, a bit of a monumental day for us to get rid of those because we have a build process, you know, that, that takes quite a lot of time just to build those SAS files. So um so yeah, moving to styled components and I mean styled components, I I I can't say anything really bad about it. It's just it has made the experience just so much you're you're so much closer to, to the to the code as a component. You know, it it all yep. does feel right to 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 be there yeah, together. So it makes sense right? It business. does. It does. I think it does. I mean, I, I get that you're going to get a CSS purist, you know, uh, attitude, but and that and that works for, a, you know, for a marketing site or, or, or something where you you can just keep things simple. Um, but for any application, I, I don't know. I just I couldn't really do it any other way. I don't think now. So, yeah, styled components is is the choice, the weapon of choice, really. Cool,
2: and uh, we. When, when you talk about the data layer, do you have anything special there or you are using Mini Mongo and Meteor methods, or are you using GraphQL? What are you using to communicate front-end back end? Yeah, um, we, we just use meteor methods
1: out the box functionality for the most part. Um, we obviously have wrappers around meteor methods, you know, validated methods. We have our own system called a secured method, um, which is kind of like another extension of a validated method but allows us to manage our internal application roles you know by by knowing who can do what within the application um and we we haven't really touched on graphql or any kind of obviously if we were building this application now you know we we probably would 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 have apollo in mind and these kind these kinds of things or or at least we'd have some thought with graphql um but we just used what, what we knew at the time, and, and you know that effectively is Meteor Methods. And it, it does work really, really well, to be honest. It's, it's a nice, easy way to... I, I think the, the biggest thing I will say that, you know, for anyone that's maybe starting Meteor or is coming to Meteor from something else, is just really understanding the difference between, you know, a, a publication and what you're trying to achieve with publications, a.k.a. live data. And you know, like meteor methods, where you're just effectively making calls to the back end, communicating back to the front end um and at the start you know we we obviously we we use publications heavily i guess and 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 have over time we've we've got that balance right where we we discuss whether data has to be live or doesn't have to be live, and we've got tim has written some some particularly you know cool logic around just creating as little sort of like publication you know communications as as possible just to keep it really really slim down and and, and lean um we, we actually use a tool called monty uh monty apm to do a lot of the monitoring on our live application i think it's the i don't know if it's affiliated with you guys or or not do you, do you know monty
2: yeah i know it uh it's from the community from from sure. southern but uh have yeah. our own APM now on Galaxy. Oh, of course. When you have yeah. your yeah, 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 when you have your application Galaxy, you get APM for free as well. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I remember now
1: because we weren't on Galaxy, we didn't get that stuff. But yeah, and 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 Monty has helped us identify some of that stuff. You know, with with uh, you know, sort of having I don't know the the exact terminology for this, but like knowing how many. Active publications are kind of running per client and stuff, and yeah, it's you you have have some that. metrics about performance, response times. So. Yeah, yeah, that's really exactly. Yeah, it's, that's helped us so much because because you know we, we we have run into performance issues in the past. Nothing to do with Meteor, for what it's worth. You know, it's, it's all about us and how we manage, particularly queuing on the back end. But um, but that's that's been a really vital tool for us. So. Yeah, if you're using Galaxy, obviously that, that would come out the box. But if you're not using Galaxy, then, yeah, Monty is a, a really good tool. I recommend it.
2: Yeah, and this question about, like, uh, using, not the question, but building an app using real time for everything. Like, it's so easy to do with meter that people start doing for all the screens. But yeah. uh, I think this is the right move, like, to really think about if you need reactivity on that screen, on that page, then you go with the publications and uh, subscriptions. But if you don't need to, I think the easier way is to use Meteor methods. This is a question that came up sometimes in the forums. And uh, yeah. and I think we, as Meteor software, have to improve our documentation to make this more clear. Because, mm-hmm. of course, if you need real time, publication and subscription are, are great but if you don't need to it's better to avoid so you can scale scale better yeah yeah uh, that's it that's exactly and
1: it's because real time is 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 so kind of easy to 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 do it's it's almost tempting like you say to just apply it to all screens but it's it's about understanding your application your users and and what they would expect on that screen um will it improve the experience you know tenfold by it being real-time. If that's the case, then yeah, sure, probably a good idea to to do it. But actually, if it won't really improve the experience or it will only improve it very slightly, then you might be better off just kind of erring on the side of better performance. And like you say, just reaching for Meteor methods first.
2: Sure, yep. And uh, like for uh, anyone that is just starting with Meteor and you want to learn these concepts, we launched the Meteor University Uh, this year and we are creating courses, most of the courses are from the meter team but also from the community we are also doing partnerships with that and we are explaining these concepts there like just fresh uh, created courses so uh, if you haven't looked at them yet it's a good opportunity Uh, talking about scaling like do you think this was like the main uh, change that you had to do like managing well if you need a real-time or not or what other scaling issues or challenges uh, Did you have on this path on your I, I mean? I, I think if I'm totally honest our, our
1: major kind of performance bottleneck in the past has been to do with you know using queuing effectively within our applications So. You know, SQS is one thing. That's that's a kind of a simple, well, quite literally a simple queue service. Um, but but we also manage queuing in the application um, to to kind of distribute jobs and to not process everything concurrently and to not you know to to, to allow us um, resilience. If the system goes down, we can still pick up those jobs again and process them and not lose data if possible. Um, and we use a library called Agenda for that, um, and I think it's taken us about four years to really truly understand how Agenda works, and I think that is, in in some sense, our own our own sort of problem, but in another sense, how the documentation hasn't quite made Agenda really clear about the use cases and exactly how it works. I mean, we've we've Dug into their code and had to read through, time and time and time. You know, literally having multiple developers read the code together and just try and really understand what's going on. And effectively, you know, we, we've we've used that in a sort of suboptimal way at times, and and I think that's that's caused us issues. So I, I guess I guess it's individual to us. Like it's it's just the fact it's just the nature of what we process. We process lots of webhooks that come in you know, typically in flurries and they come in for various different sources and and that, you know, that causes problems if you don't manage that stuff right. I mean, it, it sounds basic when I say it, but, you know, when you're actually in the heat of running the application, it, it can be quite easy to, to miss this stuff. So, um yeah, basically... Be careful if you're using cues. You know, make sure you re- you really understand yeah. how they're working. is, is my only my, my only
2: advice. That's that's kind of what we learn. Yeah, after you solve it, it it, it seems easy. But uh, yeah, of course, in the beginning when you are first uh, seeing those challenges, they are they are tough. Yeah, yeah, it's exactly that. Uh, maybe going back to uh, Avion again which, like you said, you used story mapping, and this is like the core of the app, and which other features you could mention that are like, oh, we, we really love this, and that should try it because of this? Sure. Well, Avion is,
1: is literally, story mapping is the core of, of everything you know that we, we offer as a product. So if you're not into story mapping, like you're probably not going to find anything in Avion. Um, that 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 works for you, and but but that's part of kind of our ethos is that you have to you have to go two feet, two feet in to, to to really embrace story mapping. And if you do, and if it's for you and your team, then you're going to get the best experience for story mapping available. Of course, you could use a tool like Miro or something to 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 do some rough post its and collaboration work. But what we do is offer a structured story map that has a a strict structure with constraints. And those, you know, with, with those constraints, it means that we can build power around your data structure because we know what your data structure looks like. If you just throw something together in Miro, it could be anything, like you could build anything you want and there's no strict sort of structure there. So everything is kind of built around that. And some of the features we built on top of that to sort of make it really powerful we have um, visual dependency mapping. So you could have one story on the story map dependent on another story and you will get a line drawn between them. So you effectively get this like huge visual map of either links between stories or dependencies or, you know, blocking relationships, um, which is really cool. And you kind of can't get that view Really, anywhere else um, in, in terms of seeing your backlog as well as your dependencies layered on top. So that's really nice. I think the integrations are a key one. You know, we spend a lot of time making sure our integrations are, you know, top notch, and we integrate tightly with tools like Jira, both Jira Cloud, Jira Server, Azure DevOps, Trello, GitHub. You can use GitHub projects basically ZenHub, um, and I'm sure we'll be building more integrations like that in the future. It's not a lightweight integration; it's not like a, a Zapier. You know, it's it's like a full, in-depth. You can do most things. You know, so we we very heavily use those APIs to offer a really, really tight experience between the tools. And in terms of other features coming in the future, that you know we really think are going to change the game for us we think that there's a really strong link between story mapping and road mapping because if you come up with a story map you create these things called slices or we call them releases and they're these like horizontal like slices through your product they're really powerful for, for um, prioritization and coming up with a true sort of release plan those releases are effectively your your roadmap you know they they are Your development roadmap, not so much your, um, you know, your business roadmap, they're your development roadmap. And what we would like to build this year is kind of like a roadmapping module that can be fed from the story map, but could also work the other way around. So you could start with your roadmap, you know, developers in the room, talking about what you want to achieve for the year, coming up with some high level milestones, and then have that feed into your story map. So you're planning around your roadmap. And you could kind of do it either way. So that's our, our vision really for this year. Um I think I think we'll we'll achieve that. I'm, I'm hoping we'll get that that side of the product built. Um but yeah, it's it's gonna be exciting and hopefully that will be useful for anyone that that really wants to you know embrace story mapping. So yeah, if you like it then
2: then check it out. Yeah, I think that would be really cool. Like when I was looking at the website, I was actually looking for some roadmap feature. And I was like, it should have because it makes totally sense. Yeah. And then I saw it was more focused on the story mapping, what is also really great, and I, I also like it. And uh, for sure, if you build this roadmap feature, uh, it will be even a more complete tool, so yeah. yeah. I'd yeah. say go for it. Cool, yeah, no, I can't, we're looking forward to
1: it. And um, you know, it's it's kind of one of these natural add-ons. And as a as a startup, you know, we we have these grand visions like when, you know, we've, we've been building Avion for like three, four years and you have these visions at the start of, of what you want to become, especially what you want your product to become. And it's really nice to realize those things, but they just normally happen a bit slower than you really want them to. Um, yeah. But yeah, hopefully right. <laughs> this, this year is is, is the year for, for roadmapping for us.
0: All right. So unfortunately, it's time to wrap up this podcast episode. But before we completely wrap up, aside from the new roadmap, James, can you give us an overview of what else is next for Avion? Maybe um, a sneak peek and what else can we expect from you guys? Um,
1: good question. We, we, we have lots of um, integration features planned this year um, that are going to sort of take our integrations hopefully to the next level. Um, you know, things like uh, being able to backwards import data from integrations very sort of selectively which at the moment we do allow you to do but it's kind of like a you know you just pull everything back in one go what we would like to do is provide a a really really slick interface where you can select different things pull them back into the story map do some planning with them in the story map and then push on with delivery in in jira or whatever it may be Um, so we've got lots of stuff planned around that obviously the road mapping stuff as well um, and we're also uh, going to be tweaking some of our plans this year, um, hopefully to offer you know a little bit more towards the lower end of the market, as well as a little bit more towards the higher end of the market. Um, so stay tuned there. We, we we're not entirely one hundred percent sure on on you know when we're going to offer that, but that's hopefully something that that, that we're going to do this year. So um, lots of other things, small small little tweaks on on uh, on our own backlog, but um, I don't. I can't say too much, you know, because uh, it's a secret.
0: <laughs> yeah, suspense. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, thanks for sharing. So make sure you guys check out the show notes as I'll be adding, you know, a few links and resources that we discussed in this episode. James, thank you very much for joining us. It was a pleasure to learn more about Avion, what your team is up to and all the success you guys had. So thanks again for being here with us today.
1: Awesome. Cheers, guys. Great to be here. Thanks, James. Thanks you, Kevin. See you next time. Yeah. Cool. See you guys.